Welcome back to the McCann Dogs podcast. And this is actually episode 33. Uh, I'm going to in- introduce you to, uh, and if you haven't been on the channel before or listened to the podcast before, I'm going to introduce you to the director of online training at uh, the My Dog Can program, uh, instructor Shannon Viljasso. Hi, Shannon. Hi, everybody. Hi, Ken. So um, today we wanted to talk about something that I think every dog owner needs to be aware of. And we often talk about how important a dog's recall skill is. And it's, uh, we often talk about it as maybe the most important. It's a life-saving skill. Um, teaching your dog to come w- when you call will allow you to have the sense of freedom that I think every dog owner is looking for and knowing that they'll, they're safe and then they'll come back to you when you need them to. So today, we're going to talk about some maintenance games to keep your recall as sharp as it was when you first trained it. I'm Ken Steep, and welcome back to McCann Dogs. Now, Shannon, I really love the blog post you have written on uh, on the McCannDogs.com website. And, and if you are listening to the podcast or watching this on our podcast channel uh, on YouTube, then uh, I will link the blog post in the uh, description below or in the show notes below. So, um, Shannon, you talked about some games that can really keep your dog sharp uh, when you are working on something like the recall, because we know what an important skill it is to have. Definitely. And a lot of the times being human, it's sort of our habit to create and spend all our all this time and all this effort creating this wonderful thing. And then once it's in place, we kind of go, okay, that's done. And off we go with the rest of our lives. And that, I cannot stress enough, that is going to set you up for your recall to eventually fail. You do need to, once you've, you've, you've spent several weeks teaching your dog to come when they're called reliably, once that's done, you're not off the hook for, for the rest of your life for the rest of your dog's life, you need to spend time maintaining that recall. And I have a whole bunch of games that are part of my repertoire that I play with my dogs throughout the entirety of their lives just to keep that recall fun and motivating and to make sure that if there's any weak points in the recall, I can spot them and I can go back and work on them. So a lot of the times with our come command, we don't want to overuse it because we don't want our dogs to learn to ignore it. But we also want to make sure that we're using it enough to see where the strengths and the weaknesses are in that recall. And over time, as things change, as your dogs change physically, mentally, as they grow, as they age, as the seasons change, there's going to be moments where there's maybe confusion or forgetfulness about the recall, or there's a distraction that's just too tough for them in that moment. So those are really important things to be right on top of. And if you're only using your recall when, you know, in that off chance where you you've let your dog off leash and they're running towards something dangerous, that's not enough practice time to know whether or not your recall is still sharp and your dog is still going to turn away from that distraction. So really know that once you've trained the recall, you still need to spend enough time throughout their lives, you know, every couple of weeks, maybe setting out to do a training session with the recall or just when you're out and about doing some recalls with your dog so that you know where the strengths and weaknesses lie is going to set you up so, so well for the times when you really do need that recall. Yeah, I, I immediately think of uh, a famous comedian, Stephen Wright, who had a joke. Uh, he said something like, uh, yesterday I walked my dog from New York City to Boston, so now he's done. And if we think of it that way, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. That's not how uh, our training works. And that's for, even for humans, you know, if you don't do a skill or do something for some time, you know, getting back 
back into it, you feel a little rusty. So, uh, you know, incorporating games into your um, activities, weekly activities, daily activities with your dog is a really great way to reinforce a behavior. So let's talk yeah. about the, the first one that you mentioned in your blog post, and it's called Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, so that is one of my favorite games to play with my dogs. And I don't like to be stuck in a situation where I'm chasing my dog, but I do love it when my dogs chase me. So having that, you know, that fun game in place where I can call my dogs to come. And then as soon as they turn and see me and start moving towards me, I'm going to take off and I'm going to run. And of course, I don't run nearly as fast as my dogs do. So they will catch me inevitably. When they catch me, I'll turn and I'll play with them and I'll have a little party. And then with the majority of my dogs, I'll give them a little push away and then run away again. With one of my dogs, I don't do the push because it, he doesn't like it. He's not a wrestle type of player. He's he's a, a soft guy. So with him, I just will clap my hands and encourage him and then take off and run in the other direction. But if you've got a dog that loves to wrestle, labs come to mind, you know, first and foremost as, as really, they can be rough players in that they use their body a lot. So most labs are going to love it if you're playing with them and then you give them a little gentle play playful push away and then take off and running in the opposite direction. Do that a couple of times after you've called your dogs to come and they're just going to have a blast with that game. It's lots and lots of fun for them. Yeah. And an important point that I think you made is uh, that you know what your dog's like, that you've spent enough time doing different exercises, working on different skills that you really know, um, you know, what really gets them excited uh, uh, when it comes to playing. Uh, I know uh, my lab, Deegan, is, is exactly as you mentioned, most labs are. She loves that rough and tumble, you know, roughhousing and, and pushing and, and tugging and all of those things where um, there another dog that I trained named Jitterbug, uh, you know, I would have to keep some distance, clap my hands, move away from her uh, because that's what she found really, really exciting. So I love the idea that, um, and, and I want our, our listeners to sort of think about what are, how, what's my dog's play style? How does my dog really get engaged with me, especially when it comes to that physical kind of play? Absolutely. Always remember that reinforcement for anything needs to be something that your dog really likes. So if, for example, you want to reward your dog with a pat on the head, if your dog doesn't like having their head touched, that's never going to be positive reinforcement. It's never going to be a good reinforcement for your dog. And very quickly, even though a pat on the head is a nice thing, and it should be a very positive thing, and, and we assume that most dogs are going to love it, but if if your dog doesn't, very quickly that reward that you're intending to use actually becomes a negative and it's going to deter your dog. So if my dog hated being touched on the head and every time I called him, I spent, you know, 10 seconds petting him on the head and telling him what a good dog he was, chances are pretty quickly I'm going to call him to come and he's going to go, no, I don't want to because I don't want to be there and be pat on the head. It, it, we really have to take our human emotions out of it and understand that just because we like doing it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a reinforcement or positive reinforcement for your dog. So find something that they like. And if they're not, if they're not really rough and tumble players, don't use that as part of your tactic, but find the play style that they love, that they come back for more all the time and use that to play these fun games with your dogs. Yeah. Now, the next one that you mentioned in the blog post is uh, something that we do with all of our young dogs when we're teaching them response to name because it's fun for them. And, and it's the game of hide and seek. Now, how would you use hide and seek uh, to maintain that great recall for your dog? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I will usually start this with the young dogs in the house and I'll maybe just go around a corner when they're in a room and they've been preoccupied with something and they don't see me sneak away and I'll sneak around the corner and then I'll just call them from there. And when they come running, when they find me, I'm going to make sure I have a big giant party. And the what this does, not only does it get your dog playing and interacting with you and engaging with you, but it also ends, it, it get, makes use of their senses, which of course is very reinforcing as well. They're, they're, they're thinking beings they love to use their noses they love to use their their hearing their eyesight all of those senses there's going to be a certain amount of sort of like an endorphin rush that happens when your dog gets to use their nose so that reinforcement in and of itself is going to build a lot of drive and a lot of excitement and anticipation on the recall so the um the idea of setting up and having your dog come and finding you and then having potentially having other rewards with you as well. For example, I said this in the blog post, I will often with a young puppy or with a young dog rather, I'll hide in the house with their entire food bowl. So I will call them when they come running and they find me, not only do they get to find me, which is exciting to begin with, but they also get their entire meal. So this is a really big win-win and it's all just about building history of reinforcement for these games that you're playing or for the, the idea that your dog is responding to that come cue. So as the dog gets more proficient at that game, make it harder, you know, hide under the bed, hide in the closet with the door open just a gap so they can, they can sniff, stick their nose in and actually push it open to find you. Things like that are going to really, really make your dog have a good time with it. And it's also going to work all of those other those 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 muscles if you will you know the brain muscle and the nose muscle and the hearing muscle and the eyes and they'll actually get working scent work your dogs will get so tired so quickly it's a really great game for exerting mental energy so if you've got a dog that's sort of pent up in the house for whatever reason you know we're coming into winter sadly we might end up in a situation where we're stuck inside for a day or two because it's cold or icy or something like that Hopefully not. Maybe we'll have summer all year this year. Yeah, that would be nice. But that's a great opportunity to play these games in the house and really mentally tire your dogs out very, very quickly. So it can be for fun as well as for building reinforcement with your dog. Yeah, and um, having done some scent work with Deegan, I can absolutely attest to that. I've you know saw her level of enjoyment, but I know that on the truck ride home after that seminar, she was completely exhausted. Um, when you were mentioned uh, that occasionally you might have their bowl of dinner there or something like that, it, it it takes me back a little bit to the idea of random reinforcement and the motivation that you can build by rewarding your dog in different ways. And I think uh, you know bringing those two elements together. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I can. I'll link it below, but um, it was uh, it's a really great way to build drive. And, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do behind all of these games is really build that motivation to get to you. Now, uh, you talk... You talked a little bit about searching for treats um, and that uh, is another you know sort of speaks to what we were just talking about where uh, your dog is using their nose. Uh, so talk about that a little bit with your um, maintenance uh, games for recalls. Yeah, that's one I'll throw in, you know, maybe one out of every 10 times when my dog comes running in towards me, I will just take a little small handful of treats, you know, maybe five or six little treats, and I'll toss them in the grass in sort of a wide little circle. So my dog has to now spend some time with their nose finding those treats. And again, you get that endorphin rush, you get that reinforcement. Dogs absolutely love using their nose. 
And that is such a great mental workout for them. And of course, it makes them feel good so that those good feelings are going to tie in with the recall. They're going to become associated with the recall, which is really, really wonderful. So I don't do it. Um, I don't do it more than, say, once out of every 10 times because I really like when my dogs come in on the recall, I want them focused upwards on me. I want to make sure that they're thinking, what do you want from me rather than thinking, OK, now that I'm here, I'm going to sniff the ground. Um, but I do love the, the reinforcement that it brings my dogs. I know with every single one of my dogs for as long as I've been doing this, every time I do that, the next time I call them, they're they're always that hair faster. Like they're just right on it. They absolutely love it. It's that that great workout for their brain muscles. So every once in a while, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to get them um, too focused on the ground in front of you. Every once in a while, it's just going to be that really nice reinforcement for your dog. But I tend to not do it more than say once out of every dozen or 10. Now, when you mentioned that uh, you d you notice your dog is a hair faster or is, or is a little bit faster, I um, uh, you know, I think about what would be the cue for you that it's time to play some maintenance games. Like, how frequently are you doing this with your dog, and what can our listeners expect? Uh, you know, if there's is there an indication where oh, I need to work on a little bit of motivation and a little bit more drive on my recall? Is there is there a specific time? Is it uh, you know a, a sign that your dog may give you? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, with my own dogs, I just. I just make sure that I do it as much as possible because I know how important the recall is. I don't ever want to not trust my recall. But if I didn't just sort of head out with the idea of doing it, I would probably plan to do maintenance games at least a couple of times a month. You know, it, it never hurts. It's always nice to get out. And again, we're talking about dogs that now we've already spent months teaching them, you know, going week week one to week eight and teaching the dogs how to come when they're called. So the dogs have gone through the training. They've got a really good recall. Now I'm at the point where I'm going to proof through and I'm going to maintain through. So in addition to continuing with my recall and making sure that my dog can turn on a dime, regardless of what distractions are out there. So within that eight weeks that I've been training my recall, for example, I probably didn't get out to everything that could possibly be a distraction to my dog. So I'm going to find as much of those as possible. And I'm going to keep working on making sure my dog understands that come means come every single time, regardless of whether it's a squirrel, whether it's a, a schoolyard full of children, it doesn't matter what the distraction is. When I say come, you have to, you know, it could save their life. So I'm going to make sure that I'm still proofing through things. But then when I get to this, um, this stage where I'm not necessarily in training mode with my dog anymore, you know, they've, they've had enough recall work that they're doing a great job. I'll still, I would still probably make sure every, every, couple of weeks I set out and I'm doing some maintenance games for recalls but really in my day-to-day -day life I just tend to do it you know we'll be out here walking off leash and I just call one of the dogs to me and then they get some sort of reinforcement so whether it's coming to me and one dog he would love it if I just sat there and pet him forever. So that's all I need a lot of the times with Reggie. He just wants to sidle up to me. He just wants me to touch him and tell him he's great. He's happy as happy can be with that. Ned is still a youngster. He's still much... Um, much more enamored with the world out there than Reggie is. So with him, I like to make sure that the reinforcement is something that is a little bit higher value. Um, I'll make sure that I'm doing some tricks with him, for example, or I'll do the, um, the catch me if you can game a lot with Ned because that's one of his favorites. He loves the push away. It's great for him. Um, but I tend to do, I would say I probably do a few maintenance game recalls every day. Yeah, I would totally you know, agree. 
Yeah, sorry. I, I, I totally agree. I think uh, I, I think the um, every time we're out with our dogs for a walk, whether it is uh, thinking about using a maintenance game or just knowing that uh, they'll enjoy it, that they'll come running in with great enthusiasm uh, and they'll have some fun. I'll be able to reward uh, each one of our dogs. I, I'll often do it uh, as a response to name even, and I'll call one of the dogs and they'll come running in. And uh, they begin to learn that when I'm calling a dog's name, that food rewards are coming out. Now, I, I do only reward the dog that I called, but everyone, uh, you know, sees it as uh, all of our dogs see it as a really exciting thing. And, um, and that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I don't want to wait until I'm wondering whether they'll respond. I want to build it into, uh, you know, everyday exercises, or at least once a week to work on some of these things. So that, um, you know, like I mentioned, because it's a great exercise for the dog. And it's also lots of fun for me to see it, to see it work. And it builds that drive and motivation. Now, yes, uh, I was going to get on that point. Absolutely love it. Yeah, you talk a little bit about using a toy uh, in with your maintenance games for recalls, and, and talk a little bit about how you can use a toy to uh, that you can integrate a toy into your maintenance games. Yeah, so I tend to like to hide the toy. I don't want my dog thinking, "Oh, you've got a toy," so now I'm half watching you. Uh, you might call me soon. I might get to play with the toy soon. So what I like to do with the toy is I will either stick it in a coat pocket or I'll, I tend to stick it down, um, down the back of my belt a lot. So it's just sort of hanging behind me and I can cover that up. Um, and that way I can call my dog. And as soon as they turn and start to run towards me, at that point, I can start thinking about pulling that toy out. Now, I don't want to just pull it out every time the second my dog turns, uh, turns towards me. I want to make sure that I vary that up a little bit to keep the surprise element in there. And of course, if you have a dog that's not really keen on toys, this isn't going to be a huge reward for them. So you, you can do one of two things. You can either work with your recall and maintenance games without using the toy, or you can work on building toy drives separately. And we've got lots of resources on, um, on the blog, on our YouTube channel about building drive for toys. So we can certainly help you out with that too. But using that toy in your recall is going to be a great boom for most dogs that do love toys. And again, the nice thing is that you can pull it out at varying intervals. So if my dog turns and comes running towards me, I'm going to praise him right away. I'm going to let him know he's a great dog. I might turn and run away a few steps, or I might just continue to wait until he gets to me with my praise and letting him know he's great. And then sometimes I might wait until he gets all the way to me and pull out the toy at that point, play with him and have a party. Sometimes I might pull it out as soon as he turns around. Other times I might even wait until he comes all the way in and sits and gives me a little bit of emotional control, calmly watches me, I can tell him he's great, and then I can tease him a little bit with, oh, are you ready? Something exciting is going to happen as I'm reaching for the toy and then pull it out and have a blast. So just using that toy in your recall games is going to help to build that drive. And with the, uh, the, with the variations that you can use in when you pull it out, and how you pull it out, and what kind of toy you pull out for your dog, you know, you can vary that as well. Um, Ned, of course, is uh, absolutely enamored with tennis balls. The magical orb of joy comes out and he just loses his little marbles. It's his favorite thing in the world. So sometimes I'll have a ball in my pocket and when he gets three quarters of the way to me, I'll pull it out, throw it through my legs. So throw it through my legs backwards so that he drives right to me and then pass to get the ball. And then of course, when he gets the ball, he turns around and we have some fun with the ball. Maybe I throw it a couple more times for him. I could use a tug toy where when he's three quarters of the way to me, I pull the tug toy out and I turn and run away. So now he's chasing me and ready to grab the tug. And then when he grabs the tug, we can play and interact 
there. So there's all sorts of different ways that you can use toys. Use your dog's favorite toys, vary up the intervals that you pull them out, and make sure that it is a big surprise. It'll be lots of fun for the dog. And, and I think this is something that people struggle a little bit with when they feel like their dog only listens when they have treats or their dog only listens when they have toys. I think we need to be really self-aware. If we start to feel that with our dog, be really aware of when you're presenting that food or when you're presenting that toy. Um, uh, often we'll hear uh, people say something like, well, it's hard for me to practice response to name because my dog never gets distracted. All the while they're holding the food that they want to reward their dog with. Uh, you know, so it, it, being a um, really aware of what we're doing, what cues we're giving to our dog, I think is really, really important. Now, Shannon had mentioned some resources that we have on our uh, blog uh, posts, as well as on our uh, other YouTube channel um, that I will link in the description or the show notes below, because uh, I think it's you being able to use a toy and having your dog see some value in a toy, I think is a really helpful thing. I mean, it's not absolutely necessary, but it's a really nice uh, tool to have in your uh, tool tool belt uh, for helping your dog, you know, build drive and motivation as well as having another kind of reward. Now, Shannon, speaking about the recall, that is one of the main elements that you discuss and teach in the My Dog Can program. Now, if anybody's new to the channel, if we can just briefly go over what the My Dog Can program is all about and you know how our podcast listeners might find it helpful for their dog training. Yeah, absolutely. So it's no secret how much importance we put on the recall. And that is very evident in our programs, whether in person or online. We spend a ton of time working on teaching the dogs to be reliable and come when they're called, because that means you can have a dog for the next 10 or 15 years that you can trust off leash. You can allow freedom. You don't have to worry about guarding the front door or, you know, heaven forbid somebody leaves the gate open. It's, it's not going to be a big disaster because your dog has learned how to come when they're called. We spend um, we spend eight weeks of lessons teaching the recall. You've got access to the lessons for four months. And in the My Dog Ken program, we also teach walking on lead and um, we teach stationary exercises of sit and downstays as well. So there's eight weeks of video lessons for each of those topics. Um, in addition, there's all sorts of other topics. We talk about leave it and drop it and how to build toy drive, tug, games, you know, all sorts of things that are going to be really important for your dogs throughout their lifetime and that will aid in your training. The support with my dog, Ken, is absolutely wonderful. We've got professional phone answerers. We've got uh, professional dog trainers that answer the phone all of the time here. So you can always call for advice. You can email. We have people upload videos into the Facebook group. It, you know, we've, we've got a great little Facebook group that um, we share our stories. We share our training triumphs and challenges and we troubleshoot through things. And it's just a great learning opportunity for that, um, for that stage of training where your dog is learning to listen to you and learning to navigate their new life. So it's I, I fantastic think yeah, and I think I, a, a real uh, win uh, that I saw in that Facebook group recently was uh, a student who uh, is uh, confined to a wheelchair, and she said she was worried that 
she may find it too difficult in her with her physical abilities. And but through the support of the community and the support of the instructors that she was able to be successful with their dog. And uh, I mean, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what would. I mean, it really speaks to the My Dog Can program and the incredible community of uh, students uh, and instructors that are associated with it. I'm quite proud to call myself one of those instructors. Um, so I will post a link to the My Dog Can program in the uh, description or the show notes below. On that note, Shannon, I want to thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. If this is your first time on our podcast, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can learn every single week how we help you understand how dogs think and learn. And uh, on that note, I'm Ken. I want to wish you happy training. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Have fun playing with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the McCann Dogs podcast. And if you'd like some more training resources, be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at McCann Dogs. And if you'd like to train with us online, be sure to check out the show notes below for our My Dog Can online training program, where we know in just a few weeks, your dog will become a well-behaved family member. Until then, happy training.